to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a wonderful start to your Friday. We've all made it through another week. The weekend is here, so certainly hope that you're having a great start to your weekend as well. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the podcast to be named later all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPower, SBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button, and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And once again... There's been a bit of news to talk about when it comes to the Braves. We're kind of in a lull. You know, one thing that, you know, was kind of disappointing about January. I've talked a bit about it, you know, here on The Hammer. I know that others have talked about it um, on other, you know, Battery Power podcast shows. You know, January does have its important dates. You know, we have had the international signing period occur. We had the arbitration figure date on January 13th, which was a week ago. We also do have the Hall of Fame announcements, which we'll discuss in a, mo- a bit later in the show, coming up on the 24th. But one thing that many had looked at January as being was hopefully with, you know, a lot of the best options in free agency no longer available, the hope was that perhaps we would see some action on the trade market. And we we just really have not. You've not really seen that much activity when it comes to trades. Now, you still may in time, but it just feels as if now with us being, you know, less than a month away from spring or, or when pitchers and catchers report now less than, you know, 10 weeks or 70 days before the 2023 opening day arrives, it seems as if we may not get, you know, you know those really significant trades. So I'm not saying that there's not going to be any more activity, but it seems as if teams are now kind of getting in the mode to where they're going to be doing activity more to fill out the back part of their rosters than it is something to do some heavy lifting, um, you know, in, in trades. And that's what the Braves, you know, are consistently doing as far as their roster goes. And the latest move is actually a familiar name, and it continues to a trend of Alex Anthopoulos uh, of signing players that he, you know, has connections with, you know, the players that he either drafted or, you know, had in his time in Toronto. Once again, Alex Anthopoulos has gone out and added another at least notable, intriguing potentially name to the mix for the Braves when it comes to spring trading. The Braves went out earlier this week and signed veteran outfielder Kevin Kevin Pillar, I want to say Kevin Millar, Kevin Pillar to a minor league deal. Now, of course, you know, Braves fans, and if you've been a fan of baseball over the past decade, the name Kevin Pillar certainly sticks out. Earlier in, in that decade time I'm talking about, you know, going into, you know, the 2010s, Kevin Pillar was one of the best highlight reels when it came to the outfield. He made several spectacular plays when he was a member of the Blue Jays from the 2013 season through the 2018 season. You know, he, he did have some, you know, pretty outstanding seasons defensively. He had a very good 2018 season in terms of his defense and, you know, probably one of his best offensive seasons. He's never truly been a, a difference maker offensively, more of a platoon bat who did find some success against left-handers. That has a, you know, big deal to do with why the Braves went out and got him, you know, in a minor league deal. But Kevin Pillar 
Being 34 years of age, probably not that same player, but definitely has been one of the more notable, notable center field defenders over the past decade. And though that may not necessarily be a part of his game now, again, he is a notable name to join the Braves organization. Now, in terms of what his potential role might be, if he were to make the major league roster, he would make it at a $3 million salary level, but it's on a minor league deal. So this is an opportunity for the Braves to simply add depth to their outfield situation. And if Pilar were to show that he, you know, is productive in spring training, if we were to see that, you know, he, he likely will be in the minor leagues to start out the 2023 season, he does seem to be kind of insurance for the Braves, either if Michael Harris were to fall off a bit when it came to his production against left-handed um, hitting, Pilar can still, at least, you know, in small spurts, manage his time in center field. Pilar could be an option to potentially pl platoon with Michael Harris if that were to be a need. Pilar also potentially could be insurance in case Jordan Luplow, who the Braves si signed, um, or, or Luplow, who the Braves signed earlier this offseason, perhaps he struggles out of the gate when he's supposed to do the heavy lifting as the, you know, against left-handed pitching side of the platoon for left field. So Pilar on a minor league deal is a, it was a, you know, astute signing for the Braves in that it brings in a familiar name that Alex Anthopoulos knows. It brings in a veteran presence that knows how to prepare, knows how to be available when needed. And it brings in a name that could provide value in a pinch, whether it be, you know, potentially he, off the bench, he could be a defensive substitution or he could support in center or in left field if needed against left-handed pitching. So another one of these moves that's very low risk, probably going to be low reward, but at the end of the day, the Braves do have more depth. There's probably as much chance that, you know, a year from now, Kevin Pillar is a coach in the Braves system than there is that he's played a significant role on the 2023 Braves team, but it's never a bad idea to bring in a veteran presence who has had success in the past, we know that Alex Anthopoulos is familiar with, and that you know it is of no real cost in terms of what it costs to bring him in. If he doesn't work out, hey, he you know plays in the Braves minor leagues, he may go elsewhere. You nothing really lost, but he could potentially be there to provide value if needed. If the Braves were to not have any other option, Kevin Pillar could come in and be a viable option off the bench, either supporting center field or left field against left-handed pitching. So a fun name to have in the organization. We again know that this has been a trend of Alex Anthopoulos, you know, signing names such as Ryan Goins and others that he knew in his time in Toronto that now have come in and, you know, been organizational depth for the Braves. So once again, Kevin Pillar is a part of the Braves organization on a minor league deal. It'll be interesting to see what a role he eventually feels, whether that be in the minor leagues or at the major league level. We'll say in terms of what he could provide, you know, yes, in theory, it's the defense, you know, at least capable defense and the ability to hit left-handed pitching. He hasn't shown much in terms of overall value over the past few years. Last year, spent a lot of time in the uh, Dodgers uh, minor league system. But again, at the very least, he is a veteran that, you know, the Braves know that if his number is called, he'll be ready and he can at least, you know, provide, you know, a relevant level of production both in the field and hopefully at the plate as well. 
Of course, the other notable transaction that has occurred over the past 48 hours is that the Boston Red Sox have signed former Braves outfielder Adam Duvall to a one-year $7 million deal that could eventually turn into a one-year $10 million deal. Of course, Duvall, who has been with the Braves now for several years last year, unfortunately, though he struggled for much of his time when he was playing for the Braves, he made it about halfway through the season and then unfortunately experienced a season-ending, I believe, wrist injury that kept him out for the rest of the season and postseason. Going into this offseason, the thought was, was that, you know, with the Braves, who we've seen now sign a few notable right-handed hitting outfield options, it would seem as obvious that the Braves would go out and potentially bring back Adam Duvall. But the Braves decided to go a bit cheaper in terms of their approach towards filling that need on the roster, and therefore Adam Duvall has found himself with a one-year $7 million deal with the Red Sox. And I'll be honest with you, you know, it's definitely sad to see him go. I know that many are, are going to be there to be empathetic with Blooper as he lost his best friend in Stone Duvall, but with Adam Duvall, it's going to be a lot of fun seeing him do what he potentially could do in Fenway Park versus the Green Monster. Of course, as you know, back in 2020, the Braves had two back-to-back -back games in which Marcelo Zuna hit three home runs and Adam Duvall hit three home runs. So seeing Adam Duvall's approach at the plate versus the Green Monster, he could have a highly productive season. And who knows? We've seen it happen before when the Braves acquired him at the 2021 deadline uh, from the Marlins. Perhaps if none of the other right-handed hitting options are working out for the Braves in the outfield, maybe once again they go back to a familiar face and bring Adam Duvall back into the fold. But make no mistake about it, it's definitely sad to see Adam Duvall move on to another team. While it makes sense, Adam Duvall on the field, even when he struggled mightily after being acquired in 2018, over 927 at-bats, a 9, or, or excuse me, a 749 OPS, 54 home runs. At bottom of the order, depth was what he was expected to provide. He uh, he was able to provide as well uh, at times Gold Glove level defense um, in the outfield. As a matter of fact, he won you know a Gold Glove you know between his time with the Marlins and the Braves in 2021. Adam Duvall surpassed what was expected from him in his time with the Braves. And of course, obviously, played a significant role in the Braves winning their 2021 World Series. So I know that we're familiar with seeing these notable Braves, these, these Braves that we, you know, come to be huge fans of. You know, obviously Freddie, obviously Dansby, but also, you know, not necessarily the stars, but more the role players like Duvall. It's sad to see them go, though it makes sense. It definitely was a pleasure to watch Adam Duvall as a Brave. Seemed to be a great guy, great teammate. Obviously gave his all and played a significant role for the Braves when needed. So certainly wish Adam Duvall the best of luck. And who knows, perhaps he'll be a Brave once again in time. As we discuss important January dates, the other really fun topic that we have discussed many times here on the Daily Hammer in the month of January is the next very important date coming up on the January calendar, which of course is the announcement of the 2023 MLB Hall of Fame class for, for this season. And you know, several notable names that have had connections to the Braves in the past remain in the top five in terms of vote getting to be part of the 2023 class. The thing is, though, is that though 
Billy Wagner, Andrew Jones, and Gary Sheffield remain in favorable position in terms of where they've been in the past. They still, all three, have a significant uphill battle to climb when it comes to them potentially earning the needed 75% threshold to be a part of this year's Hall of Fame class. Right now, with uh, you know, with Ryan uh, Thibodeau on Twitter, who does a great job with many others tracking the Hall of Fame boasts to keep us updated on where players stand. As of right now, uh, Billy Wagner is at 72.5% um, of, of the votes that are known to be public. Um, Andrew Jones is at 68%, and Gary Sheffield is at 64%. That's with about 42% of the vote known. And of course, as, as I mentioned before, while there will probably be maybe around 50 or so percent of the votes known by the time uh, next Tuesday arrives, January 24th, when the class is announced, you typically do see that when the rest of the votes come in, the percentages of players go down a bit in terms of where they are in terms of the public vote versus where they will be once the full pool of votes are cast for the 2023 Hall of Fame class. Now, the two players with the best opportunities remain Todd Helton and Scott Rowland, who both right now are trending around 79%. Could one of them get the necessary votes? They're, they're in the range, but you also could see both of them fall slightly short. So it'll be very interesting to see if we do have, if any of these names make the 2023 Hall of Fame class. Again, I do find it unlikely that any of the names that have been connected with the Braves in the past, Andrew, uh, Billy Wagner, or Sheffield, I've, it's probably unlikely that any of them will make it this season. But the big takeaway for each of them is the really, really positive progress that they made over the past few years. Billy Wagner has two more seasons of eligibility through this process. You know, uh, going forward, Andrew Jones has four himself. You can definitely say with confidence that both Wagner and Andrew in time will hopefully be Hall of Famers. And this year did a great job in progressing that hope as well. So while it may not happen, this year, for notable names that have been connected with the Braves in the past, they definitely each took a step forward to where it could happen over the next one to two years. And while I mention the fact that, you know, it's been, you know, January has been more about teams making end-of-the-roster moves to kind of fill out their depth with value-type signings, there still is the possibility that moves could be made. And there are some, you know, rather significant, relevant moves that even the Braves could potentially make. Mark Bowman of MLB.com, you know, he's talked about, you know, several times this offseason, and I certainly tend to agree with him. You know, I've said, you know, multiple times, as well. I'm still convinced, and, I, and at this point, I still say this, still convinced that the Braves will make some type of move to bring in a, a more reliable option than their current options that they have, bring that type of option into the mix at the shortstop position. I know that I've mentioned, you know, or, and others have mentioned Elvis Andrews. You know, we mentioned a few other trade candidates that could be out there. I don't think and, 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 you know, I have not thought this. I don't think that the move that the Braves make is going to be for a player that's close to the level of a Dansby Swanson that they saw leave for the Cubs or close to a level of the player that, you know, Sean Murphy is at catcher. But there are the there is the potential to at least have the, you know, need to bring in a bit more reliable veteran presence at the shortstop position like an Elvis Andrews who could be in the mix and could at the very least provide the Braves with an option that they could stick it short 
maybe be more of a defensive value than offensive value, but could be there and take on the everyday grind and be productive and at the very least be a contribu contributor that is not a liability. That he may not necessarily be an asset, but he's someone that can at least hold down the shortstop position for 2023 or until potentially another clear option emerges. Now, that, the idea of that is logical. But as more projections come out, as, as more, you know, stats-driven, you know, uh, views come out about what potentially could be there with Orlando Arcia and Von Grissom, there's still, I, I don't want it to seem as if there can't be value with those players in place. The thing that's a bit concerning about Orlando Arcia and Von Grissom, it's not the offense. There is, between those two, is, is if the Braves do not bring in another shortstop, it likely will be some type of combination of Orlando Arcia and Von Grissom at the shortstop position. You're likely going to get clear positive value offensively from both of those players. Von Grissom's batted ball ability, Orlando Arcia has shown progression in his offensive approach in the Braves system like we've seen many players do before him. So offensively, when it comes to the shortstop position, the Braves should be just fine. They should get positive value from the combo of Arcia and Von Grissom. But with other moves the Braves have made this offseason, you know, bringing in Sean Murphy, getting Ozzy Albies back, you know that the shift is not going to be available in 2023. I still do think that defense is something that stands out as, as a desired trait for whoever plays shortstop for the Braves in 2023. And Orlando Arcia, he probably has at least capable defense at the shortstop position. Vaughn Grissom can likely make the routine plays, though he may not necessarily have the range that you would like at shortstop. So if the Braves go into, if, if we go through the next several weeks and no moves have been made, I don't necessarily think it's a negative thing that you go into the season with Arcia and Grissom, and especially from an offensive end, if you put one of those two in the bottom of the order, I mean, Grissom could even be a DH option on some days as well, but if you put one of those two at the bottom of the order we saw last year, they can more than handle their own to add depth to the Braves lineup. So offensively, the question, it, it's not a question of whether it makes sense. It's just defensively. Do the Braves feel comfortable with that combination being their everyday options at shortstop? And for that reason, I do agree with Mark Bowman. I do think that it could make sense for them to go out and get another veteran presence that could make sense. I think it makes more sense for it to be in the free agency market than the trade market because, again, the Braves just don't really have assets and you know or not that they don't have assets, they don't have, you know, assets to the level of making a truly significant upgrade at shortstop. And you also know that Alex Anthopoulos likes to have his options when it comes to his minor league system to where he can make needed moves, needed adjustments at the trade deadline on the margins. At the end of the day, if the Braves want to go into the season with the platoon of Eddie Rosario and Jordan Luplow and then the options of Orlando Arcia and Vaughn Grissom at shortstop, that's not the worst, you know, shortstop opportunity. It's pretty pretty light left field opportunity, but you do have plenty you do have players who either in the past have shown that they can be highly productive offensively, and you've got players at shortstop who just last year. The offense is not really what's in question. 
But in my opinion, when it comes to the defense and there being more of a need to have as strong a defense as possible, especially at a premium position like shortstop, that to me remains the reason why that need remaining is the reason why I think it still makes sense for the Braves to explore options. And you know Alex Anthopoulos is doing that. You know that he's constantly on the move in terms of trying to find whatever value could be out there. If there's a piece out there that makes sense, he'll potentially go out and add it to the organization. So again, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't really be surprised either way, but I still do think if you want to do the platoon in left field, that makes sense. Right now, with where the Braves are in terms of the money owed to the roster, in terms of where they are with their prospects, if you want to bet on Eddie Rosario kind of bouncing back in 2023 and Jordan Luplau now that he's in the Braves system getting back to where he once was, if you don't want to re- if you want to rely on that platoon for left field, I can live with that. But at the shortstop position, while it, you know, you'll be fine with Von Grissom and Orlando Arcia offensively at shortstop, I do think it's accessible for the Braves to continue to search shortstop options and especially go out and get a veteran presence that could provide defense in the 2023 season. It'll definitely be interesting to see. Again, if the Braves are to stand pat, this offseason may not have been what many expected, but it still has been a successful offseason. However, as we've seen Alex Anthopoulos do time and time again, he's a master of the moves on the margins. He still could have something in his pocket when it comes to the shortstop position. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. You can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the Road to Atlanta Podcast all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Until next time, go Braves, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer. (laughs) 